Stephen Yarm, you're the head of engineering for the new Lotus Type 130 hypercar. That I am. And you're saying this extremely high-performance car will be purely electric? Yes, my friend. Entirely run on the electricities. So that will require batteries, and I suppose everyone will be wondering how Lotus will preserve their most famous quality, which is lightness, with the need to carry big, heavy batteries. Well, batteries don't need to be heavy. With respect, generally speaking, they are. What sort of batteries are you thinking of using? Watch batteries. Watch batteries? Yeah, very light. Look at this. Watch on my wrist, lift my arm... No problem at all. Won't you need rather a lot of them? Nope. My watch only needs one to tell the time for ages. And time is massive. That robot bloke said so in that book about the history of it. Do you honestly think this is going to work? Well, it's like Mr Chapman used to say. All you've got to do is simplificate and add Linus. Lightness. Add lightness. No, Linus. He's our test driver. Hello. This is all a terrible idea. Could be worse. How could it be worse? Hey, Linus! This guy don't remember Danny Bahar! Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Richard. Hello. And she's Sarah sneezing. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> He's Zog. Hello. I'm Gareth, and this is episode 366, which is nowhere near as significant as Grand Prix 1000. Ah, oh, no, it wasn't Grand Prix 1000. <laughs> F1000. It was 1000 somethings. Yes. But what it was. Well, well, it, it was, was significant anyway. It was significant. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, but depending on how you counted, it was the thousandth race counting towards some version of the Formula One Drivers' World Championship. As Andrew Benson put it on Twitter, fact is F1 started in 1950 and this is the 1,000th race to count towards the World Championship. So it's a 1,000th F1 race in a World Championship. We're talking about the Chinese Grand Prix... Richard, did you watch it? Yeah. Hooray! You actually watched one live? Yes, mostly. Good lad. What, you got up at the crack of dawn because your kids got you up, did they? Well, the thing is, I didn't set an alarm because I believed that one or both of my children would get me up in plenty of time because Uh they've started doing that now that the clocks have changed and it's light in the morning and stuff. And at about 7.25, I was woken up by my boy coming up and going, Daddy, can we go downstairs? And... I was like, uh, yes, we can, right now. <laughs> Where normally I would have gone, oh, come on, just come and cuddle him back as well. I was sleeping in the spare room because I've got a terrible cough at the moment. I've been banished from the marital bed. It's uh, <laughs> cruel. So, um, yeah, I, so I saw most of the race. And basically I went back and I just I was like, so how did Hamilton get ahead of Bottas at the start? Oh, he just drove away. Yeah, he just got And once I'd seen that, I was kind of like, OK, it. got that. Yeah, I watched the race and it was not that interesting, I guess, for the most part. But, it was uh, the dullest race this year so far. I know we've only had three. <laughs> we've only had three. Yeah, yeah right. but it was the dullest of the three. Most people have at least one foot bigger than the other, at least. So this was at least the dullest race of three. But let's come back to this whole F1000th thing, which... They counted down to, didn't they? They've made a really big deal of this since the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, for a few races now, there have mm. been, yeah, there's been this countdown. Did you have any top moments? I heard there's lots of top races over the last 1,000 to talk about. Um, well, 
don't think there are any top moments in this race at all, really. No, over the years. Oh, over in, the years, the, over the 1,000. The last 1,000, there was Gosh, a favourite race. That's a good question. All right, my personal favourite was I was sitting right there in that sofa position, right there, just behind where I am right now. In 2008, was it, when Lewis won his first championship? And the way that that played out in the last lap was arguably the best packaging of a championship I remember. And I was backing Lewis for the championship. I also remember when Damon won his championship. And again, I was sitting in that same position, in that sofa just there, which made me very happy. Yeah, Yeah, I've got to stop now because I've got to lump in my throat. What about you, Sarah? Got favourite? The Azerbaijan Grand Prix, where Daniel Ricciardo went from 16th to 1st. Of course, you're going to like that. Nice through butter. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that, I think. That was the first Azerbaijan Grand Prix, wasn't it? That was quite fun to watch if you were Australian, of course. Yeah. Zogger, you got a favourite? I remember the 1995 Canadian Grand Prix with some fondness because that was the only race that John Alacy won. Of course. Alacy at last, it said on the cover of Autosport. Yeah, yeah. And I was always a big Alacy fan. And he never achieved the level of success in F1 is talent's deserve. Correct. But that was one Lacey race that we can remember very fondly. And I think he gave Michael Schumacher a ride on the side pod He did? Car, you can buy a model of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, Schumacher stopped out on the circuit maybe you know, quite close to the end and yeah, he hopped onto the side of Lacey's car and got a ride back to the pits. Classic. Richard, I bet you're going to say a Mansell win. Am I right? Uh, no, I was going to say, who can forget when David Coulthard spun off on the parade lap? At <laughs> <laughs> that time. Classic. Oh, uh, Kotaki, uh, of course. Thank you, of course, gave us so many great comedy moments. I mean, there's, there's a thousand there's to like, talk about. I was going to say, there's a thousand exactly, as I think Murray Walker once said, there's no such thing as a boring Grand Prix. But he's got a very high boredom threshold. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, occasionally you would wonder whether he was actually watching the same thing. But, uh, yeah, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he plays better Grand Prix silently in his head to himself while watching boring ones I don't know which maybe is a useful yeah a useful quality oh, look, in a commentator uh, there's Senna and uh, Mansell driving parallel to each other with sparks flying everywhere Oh, no, wait, I'm watching the Spanish Grand Prix. No, that's the break um, But Murray did have the ability of making a dull Grand Prix sound more exciting simply because of the tone of his voice, and I think that helped the sport. Maybe. It did. On the stats front, because I've had to look this up recently and I had to do some math, so this might be slightly wrong, but have a guess how many people have driven in an F1 race Ooh, good since one. 1950. How many drivers have started in an F1 race? Yeah. So the stats I used to add this up... You can't include people who had a little go in the car in free practice right. on a race weekend. So races. It has to be in the race who started a Grand Prix. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Since 1950. Good idea. Since 1950. 1950. So that's a thousand races. There are loosely at least 20 people on circuit. But how many of those change every week? Zog, you're the mathematician. Working out mathematically. Mm. Give us an estimate. Yes. Okay, so it's a I'm, great I'm, question. I'm, I'm setting the baseline here, am I? And, mm-hmm. and you're okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm going to say it's something like... You've got to think about how big the fields were over the years, how many races per year, what the kind of turnover of drivers was. Uh, how, 1,600? 
That's my guess. 1,600. I'm going to say 1,600 drivers. Okay. That's higher than what I would have gone through. Higher or lower? Playing that game. Higher or lower? Higher or lower? I'm Sharon, just, what is it? I'll say lower. I'm going to stand down from saying a specific number because I know I'm going really? to so Really? It's a safe way if you're going low. It's to go 1599. Come on, have a bold I'm going to say 1820. For no reason whatsoever, just put the number on. Okay, gone higher. Yeah. 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 So you're not going to commit to oh, Okay, listen, okay, 1400. 1400. That's quite Who's the thing. closest? Okay, Richard? let's have it. None of us are close, are we? No, one of us is close. Sarah's the closest. Yes! Oh, wow! Oh, I thought okay. it was going to be lower than that. What's the figure? Well, by my maths, because I did have to do some adding up and I'm really bad at maths. 857. Yeah, I thought it was. I actually was going to say about 600, so I was going to how many world champions? How many world champions? In 50 now? years. In 50 years. Well, Lewis has got five. 27. Schumacher's got 32. What, Sarah? <laughs> uh, I'll say 41. So you're so close. 33. Oh! oh yes. <laughs> Good game. I like this game. So the 1000th so, Grand Prix, step. which wasn't the 1000th F1. Grand Prix, because I know that because Tom Price won a non-championship F1 race, the race of champions. It was an F1 mm. race, non-championship, 1974, <laughs> I think. Browns Hatch. Oh, uh, hang on, race of champions. Yeah, the race of champions did count towards the F1 drivers' championships in some years, didn't it? Not right? in this year, anyway. That, not in the year that Tom won it. Right. It was described as a non-championship race. Sure, yeah, yeah. The Indy 500 yeah. in some years yeah. counted towards. The F1 Drivers World Championship. Did they count? But it doesn't in every year. And I'm wondering if Race of Champions is the same. Because I have an idea that in some years it did count. Mm. Anyway. They celebrated it in a glorious fashion, didn't they? Every time a commentator said anything, it was 1,000th Formula One race. And they celebrated it with Damon Hill driving a lone Lotus Ford. 49. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Apparently there were plans to ship loads of old classic F1 cars mm. to China, but there were restrictions. The Chinese government put restrictions on bringing cars in for some reason, so it never happened. But it was mm. underwhelming. The race was underwhelming, but the celebrations were underwhelming as well. I wonder if some bureaucrats in a government office in China just saw a thing that said we'd like to bring some old cars in, and that's quite hard to do in China. Mm. We, we did it for the Grand Tour. A lot of paperwork. And without understanding that it was possibly not just a load of old Ford Mondeos that they were trying to palm off, mm. <laughs> some historic <laughs> racing cars that were then going to leave the country again, that maybe they just said no. Well, perhaps they said yes, but they went, oh, here's the mountain of paperwork you'll have to fill in. And everyone just went, oh, sod that. Yeah. Or the worst still, sounds perhaps, quite like, sounds quite like they could have had some advice that said, look, you may get your car stuck in customs for a while, and all the teams went, oh, I don't want that. So yeah. there's, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. Think, bringing things in and out of China is, I speak from the experience of doing it, not directly, we have people for that, but on TV shows before, it's fiddly. Mm. Danny Ricciardo, I think, had the best way of marking the 1,000th race. Did you spot what he did? He was the top of the second pack. Well, seventh. that wasn't what he... He, <laughs> he celebrated it by racing in a... Oh, yeah, his helmet was quite impressive. It was Jeff Brabham's helmet. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was quite good. That was probably the best helmet. Didn't yeah. quite like that. Classic silver and black, two yeah. stripes. Black Jack, you know. Mm. That was beautifully cool. Because in the past, Kimmy's raced in James Hunt's helmet, hasn't he? He has, yep. Which is cool. 
That's and Damon I, raced Damon's in his father's. Cool. Well, Damon always uh, races in his yeah, father's helmet. That's yeah. right. Yeah, bless you. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, that helmet originates from the England Rowing Club. Uh, London Rowing Club, I think. Mm. It's yeah. more local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a member of that. Yeah, the rowing caps have all yes, got the seven caps. paddles. Mm. They're actually paddles on top mm. of there. That's what they symbolise, right. apparently. Mm. Mm. We diverge. Yes. Talking about Tom Price a moment ago, I've just realised why... I think I like Charles Leclerc more than I perhaps should. I know I liked him when he was in F2, but he races with the number 16, which was Tom Price's number. Oh. So he's my nominative so Welsh driver for the moment. And he certainly had another good race, you know. Another... <laughs> Until his Ferrari team told him to slow down and let Vettel overtake him. Yeah, but there is an upside to that. If the team is having to tell you to mm. let Vettel past you, you know, I mean, sure, he won't have liked that, but he's still the guy that they had to ask to move over to let Vettel through. Mm. Then once he did, I think Vettel was just slowing down. He wasn't as quick as what... Leclerc was behind. Well, well, yeah, Leclerc looks good because, yeah, Vettel then couldn't take advantage of that. Having been let by Leclerc, he then couldn't take advantage of it like he was supposed to. Um, well, I, so bet, I bet you Leclerc love looks good. Leclerc being asked to pull by and let Vettel through. You love Vettel, don't you? I don't mind him. I always thought you felt that Vettel's not as talented as the engineering he drives. Yeah, he's a good driver. There was that thing when he was at Red Bull and then... Uh, Multi-22. He seemed to particularly suit that machine. Yes, he did. did. There was a lot of stuff about, oh, he can't actually overtake. He's just always at the front. But then there have been occasions where he's done some storming overtaking. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's... He's doing a lot of unforced errors, like, recently. I think he's getting flustered. This is his weakness. Yeah, Yeah, he is definitely worried. He's easily rattled at the moment. Last season, particularly, and getting a bit sort of... He can race, he can be super fast, but he's making more mistakes than... Mm you mm. need to make if you're going to well, be a champion. If they had let Leclerc take the lead, the Ferrari could have got three and fourth, rather than Stappen catching up and taking fourth position. So Ferrari yeah. lost that chance. Yeah, but yeah. again, yeah, they yeah. often make tactical mistakes, Ferrari. Mm. I only reckon Vettel is becoming Mansell, though. Number five on the car, got a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Developing a Brummie accent, possibly. I'm listening out for that. I was thinking about the number five thing at the weekend. Yeah, that moustache is looking quite... It's a bit weird, isn't isn't it? It's weird. It's not his best look, let's be honest. I feel like he keeps forgetting he's got it. Because <laughs> uh, he keeps sort of stroking it. He'll be in an interview and he'll touch it and then kind of go, and then you'll notice he can't leave it alone. Mm. I think he's forgot he's got he's not used to it. Which I can understand. It's like I had a proper shave the other day. I've had a beard for years. Like to the extent that I don't think my children remember me at all without a beard because it's rare. Yeah. And I was a bit worried. I had a shave in front of them. So, so they, they wouldn't freak them out. Yeah, very thinking my little girl's not even two, and I thought it might scare the pajamas out of her if Daddy's suddenly sort of smooth-faced. <laughs> and let me guess, she didn't care. No, well, she also because they found it hilarious because they were having a bath. So I went right while well, you're having a bath, watch this, and I shaved half of it off first. Almost to go, see, this is what's going to happen all over. And then I've forgotten. First of all, if you had a beard for years and you shave your beard off, your face is freaking freezing. It's a ridiculous really? thing. Yeah, you get a really cold faces. Just like, I was like, oh my god, why is my face cold? And then I'd go, why is my face cold? Oh yeah, because I've had a shave. And I'd touch my face and go, oh, this is weird. There's no beard there. And then I couldn't stop that. And I think that's what Vettel's doing. He keeps going, oh, I forgot. I've grown a moustache. Look at oh, in his brummy accents. Oh, I forgot to grow a moustache. Did you also spot Richard? Because I know you're interested in Chinese motor Food. corporations. SAIC, did you see their yes. logo painted on the infield? Yeah. Huge. This is the Shanghai Automotive Industrial. No, Automotive the, Industry. Yeah, that's right. National yeah. Corporation. That's it, that's it, that's uh, it, that's it. Yeah. yeah, the people who own MG. Yeah, um, yeah. Amongst other things. Amongst mm. other many things. Yeah, I saw that there. 
and it looked like sort of quite half-hearted the way they painted it on but it was huge uh, it was yes it was and in fact the shanghai car show is this week I don't know what they've announced there because uh, it's just full of lots of companies you've never heard of. But you know, in the past, when there was a Chinese motor show, there'd be lots of companies you've never heard of, and they'd do a car that was a blatant copy that of looks something you had. Exactly heard like yeah. a Rolls Royce or, with a couple of things slightly yeah, yeah. changed. Or they'd do something that was just hilariously cack and sort of looked like yeah. an old Citroen that had been in a crash, and you go, oh, Chinese car companies can't make cars properly. <laughs> well, fast forward but a few years. And there's all these amazing-looking electric cars coming out from people mm. you've never heard of. And some of them look legit, good, sort of oh, yeah, looking and interesting stuff. and innovative and in, presumably in, quite... In fact, that and will they be coming to the UK? Well, this um, will be the subject of discussion in a forthcoming episode of On Speed in mm. some detail. So let's get back What's to the, the F1 space? for the moment. Mm. The because, yeah, there's a lot. There's so much going on in China. That I think we should dedicate... There's so it. much going on. <laughs> there is. There's a lot of them. You all right, Richard? No. You're not, lovely. No. Yeah. Poor. Poor fella. The coverage. I watched it on Sky. I watched it live in the morning. It's the only way you can watch it live. I was frankly exhausted by the opening of the show. Did you watch it? Because they went through everybody who was there reporting for Sky. Everyone was given their sort of 30 seconds. Here I am on the grid doing this. Here I am in the pit lane doing this. You know, they went through Simon, <laughs> Little Ant, Rebecca Brooks, Thank Karen Shanduk, Crofty. Ted was back. Small applause <laughs> for Ted coming back. Yep. Sustained applause <laughs> for Ted coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the head of Sky F1 is doing all he can. To, yeah, he made a terrible mistake. We know the backstory know to the this. Backstory. I don't know how much we're allowed to say, but they made a bad decision and they've corrected it. And Ted's doing 13 races, I believe, of the 21 mm, this watch year. Watch this space. I do believe he could be seen more. But really? Oh, well, Ooh. I think they're working on it. That's the rumor I'm hearing. Hurrah for that! Yeah, it was exhausting, the stars. Absolutely, I felt it. they were pushing a bit too much. It was a bit too packaged. Was it like that? There's a Mitchell and Webb sketch parody. Yes, it Sky, was. Yeah, Sky all football. the football. Have you ever seen this? Yeah. And it's just, the central thing is David Mitchell walking towards the camera on a football pitch in an actual stadium, just going, football, 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 <laughs> all the football, goals, kicking. And it's just exhausting to listen to because it's just, and then, then from a different angle, another goal, and then the same goal, and then more goals because it's football, football. And it's like that, just too much. It was. Fortunately, I, it was. It, I, I skipped that opening. Like, yeah. I kind of came in. It was, the race it was exactly like that, Richard. It was a parody of itself, really. <laughs> Over the top is catchy. Yeah. yeah. Nico, who has also joined the team, of course. I quite Nico, like Nico Rosberg. Rosberg. Yeah, he stopped saying yeah at the end of every line now. Yeah, so Lewis, yeah, he was doing this, yeah. He stopped doing that, which I'm very glad about. But I've noticed something. He's clearly in hospitality during the race, and they go to him for an audio hookup for what's going on. Nico, <laughs> he always bigs up Lewis. He does, actually. I just noticed, I think he posted today or yesterday on his Instagram feed, congratulations, Lewis, such an amazing race. You deserve that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know whether he's trying to suck up to him, become friends with him, or whether it's some sort of personal PR thing that he's trying to get across to his I reckon wider audience. He never bigs up Bottas, right? And I reckon he's trying to make Lewis Lewis out as such a god, he's improving his own status by well, proving that uh, he beat Lewis, which is why he won't say Bottas 
is oh, good. Actually, I was, was going to say, you know, you could certainly argue that that motivation is part of it because he true. actually managed to beat Lewis in one of the years that he was driving with Lewis. And, and obviously you don't want to... Right so, so of course left. you big him up and, yeah, he did beat the best driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair so play. why not... Say that. Yeah, he needs to remind us of it. Rem- yeah, yeah, why not remind us of it? But I do like his punditry contributions. He, He's got he, something he, decent he, to he, say. He, yeah, he does. He was very good on aerodynamics, wasn't he? He was talking about Ferrari's aerodynamics really eloquently. Did he catch that? Yeah, no, he's, he's a smart commentator. He can sort of come across a little bit, I don't know, a little bit sort of self-satisfied and a little bit sort of smug. But he's usually got something to say that's worth hearing. And yeah, he's one of those ex-drivers that turns into quite a good yeah, I feel like he's got a lot of passions at the moment. He's peppering himself around, you know, Formula E and Formula yeah, 1. Yeah, there's quite, 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 quite a lot going on in his head. He's a, yeah, he's he's a smart got, guy a... investing in his tech companies. We were short of some really spectacular stuff in the Chinese Grand Prix. As the Chinese Grand Prix goes, this was a dull one. But the two most interesting moments were the torpedo, Kvyat, taking oh, out yes. both McLarens practically. Well, certainly well, making he, contact with both he, of yeah, them. Yeah, he did take out both McLarens. Genius, I think, that. But the best bit for me, and if you spotted this, was, was it during the safety car? They double-stacked the Mercedes. Yeah. They, they brought them both in for a pit stop oh, at yes. the same time, yeah. and the gap between Lewis and Bottas was sufficient that literally, and I do mean literally, the second Lewis rolled out of the pit box, Bottas, Bottas arrived. Yeah, no, it, Beautiful. It, it seemed like their on-track gap couldn't have been any better for doing that double-stack manoeuvre. Bottas uh-huh. didn't have to wait... And um, yeah, it was perfectly tight. Yeah, I must say, in Ted's notebook, oh, yes, <laughs> I did watch we like, that. Yeah. Of course. He did <laughs> say that the Mercedes pit lane team, they were practicing right up until the start of the race there. Pit lane stuff. So yeah. yeah, it paid off for them. Yeah, that was beautiful. That's the pinnacle of motorsport. Just, uh, yeah. Another stat from the weekend is that even though the race was boring, we got three one twos for Mercedes, which is, hasn't happened since 1992 with Nigel Mansell and Ricardo it's crazy. Oh, yes. so the oh, yeah. 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 the yeah. 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 And, yeah, where's that place gone? Lando Norris, you may remember me quoting something he said a while back that we shouldn't underestimate Alexander Albon, because he was tremendous in lesser formulae, tremendous in F2. And I think it was proven in this race. He started yep. from the pit lane. He got driver of the day. I think yeah. he had driver of the week, if not the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, can, it can be hard to make an impression when you're running at the back of the field, but uh, yeah, he certainly made an impression this weekend. Yeah. It looks like we've got a really exciting group of young drivers coming up. Leclerc, Norris... Russell, Alban. Mm. I mean, again, you know, Russell stuck in that Williams. It doesn't have the best platform to show his skills off, but I think, you know, we've got some really, really talented young drivers there. And, not, and, and that, that um, scene without throwing Gasly into the mix. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Gasly. There's a few people out there saying he's sort of underperforming for the opportunity he's got. Yeah. Because didn't Red Bull let down Carlos Sainz? They sort of went they dropped for, him for yeah, well. They went yeah. for Gasly and said they could have picked up Saints again this year. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. they lent him out to Renault. That's right. Yeah. But they've gone for Gasly on faith from his performances last year. Rachel Brooks talking to <laughs> Gasly after the race went over to him and said, "Great race today. Happy." He replied, "Yeah, no, no, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> well, which is it, man? Which yeah, is make it? up your mind. You can't have all of them. Oh, that was arguably my favourite bit of the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, bless.
And did you pack these bags yourself, Mr. Gasly? Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. So someone else packed them? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Are you aware of any prohibited items in any of these bags, Mr. Gasly? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Wait, you are or you aren't? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Mr. Gasly, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to step into the strip search room. Yeah, no, uh, wait, I I can't do that. Uh, I missed my flight. I have to be at the next race and I'm faster than Max Verstappen. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So you're a Star Trek fan too, aren't you? I'm a Star Trek fan, yeah. Mostly the original series and the films rather than every bloody series they spun off in the meantime. I like it all. Are you Star Trek fans, Sarah? I don't don't mind Star Trek. Don't mind. Richard, you like the movies, don't you, I think, yeah? I don't think I've ever seen a Star Trek movie. Are you kidding me, really? Original series? Because you like the shat, I know that much. I do, but I haven't oh. seen many of them. And right. I, quite, I, I sort of like used to occasionally watch The Next Generation when it was on BBC Two. Oh, yes. I came with co- old Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick. I came across a brilliant shat fact. A shat. A shat. A shat. A shat. We may have sent uh, things into distortion there. <laughs> um, the mask that the guy wore in Friday the 13th. What's the name of the character? Um, uh, Jason. Jason. Is it Jason? I don't know. Uh, he wears the hockey mask, doesn't he? Or is Jason the clay face guy in the other one? Uh, Jason, I think, is the other one. No, this is uh, okay. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Mike Myers' character Myers. in Friday the 13th. The mask that he wears is a William Shatner mask, ah. spray-painted white. No. Wow. Yes. Ah. Yes, there is your... Fascinating. There is your shacked for the day. Well, the reason I'm continuing... <laughs> shacked, I like it. Here's my shacked. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Stay with us, Richard. Oh, Richard we didn't mean... I didn't mean to do this. No, spring the iron lung for Mr. Porter, would you? <laughs> The reason I'm talking about Star Trek here is that Star Trek occupies a number of realities. You know, there's the mirror universe, there's the Kelvin timeline of the movies. Forgive me if you don't understand this. There's the Discovery timeline, which is about to be resolved, we think. And the mirror universe is the one where everyone has a beard. That's right. So you know they're in the... And they're evil. And I've been watching a sort of an alternative universe, an alternative reality of motorsport recently. Since IndyCar has now been shown on the same channel as Formula One, on Sky F1. I think this is possibly the first time this has happened since I think Eurosport may have had some F1 and Champ Car or Kart many, 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 many years ago. So I've been using IndyCar as my sort of methadone to the heroin addiction of... Formula One. So you have a disappointing race in the day and you sit down and you watch another one in the evening. Oh, and, and I'm not sure that people go, oh, that was some disappointing heroin. I bet. <laughs> 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 analogy might be slightly Not flawed. the stuff I sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never necessarily gone through my hair. No, that was a good dose of heroin, that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the methadone today, that was some yummy heroin. Very Moorish. So I've been watching IndyCar and really enjoying it. I used to watch Indy and Champ Car and Cart years ago when it was on Eurosport and IndyCar generally is much more entertaining than Formula One it's yes Finn it is don't disagree with me saying no it 
Okay. Yes, yes. They get to it a lot quicker. The trouble with Formula One is that it's held in such prestige that the build-up to it is anything up to two hours long now before the race gets started. No, I like that build-up, though, because it's... I enjoy it. Because I don't have to watch the Mm build-up. But if I've got a couple of hours to kill before Mm. the race... I can just, you know... It's like the post-race just... stuff. You don't have to watch that. It's not very insightful a lot of the time, but but in a way, it's almost like it's the come down from but the young Ted's there, we watch it. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Of course. No, but no, Ted's notebook is a viewing appointment, whereas, whereas, you know, that's sort of other post-race coverage is a bit more... Oh, take a leave viewing it. appointment, I'll, you know, I like that description. I'll catch up with some email, you know, I'll, I'll make a list of things that I'm not going to do tomorrow, all that stuff. <laughs> um, thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> The build-up to IndyCar is not only sort of less of a palaver, but it's quite sort of matter-of-fact and casual. You don't feel that the drivers are only doing these interviews because they're obliged to do the interviews. You just feel like, they're there to genuinely share what's going on with the car, and they give all sort of details about spring rates. Am I the only one in this room who's watching IndyCar, though? I watched the first little bit. You did? <laughs> My favourite part was when Marcus Ericsson took out some of the vegetation in the first oh, lap. Oh, God, yeah, And the commentator yeah. said, made some wicked comment about, oh, well, I think Marcus Ericsson will have to take that up with the local council for ruining the natural vegetation. <laughs> it is weird, though. They have this convention in American motorsport coverage where the hosts all wear... Blazers, classic sort of sports blazers and ties. It's so uncomfortable for me. In a country which is generally more informal than Britain, it seems absurd, the formality of the initial television presentation. But America does have a way of, at the same time that, yeah, we generally think of it as being less formal than the mm. UK, but there are all kinds of little ways in which it's more formal, it's more formal about some particular things. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, think about how, particularly in southern vernacular, mm. you will be much more likely to address a stranger as sir or mum or mom yeah. in a way that yeah. you and I never would. you call your father sir, wouldn't you, yeah. if you were an American? Should your children call you sir because their mum's no, American? I might, I might consider phasing that in, actually. Oh, yeah. I feel a bit more respect in our household. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I, used to, I used to know a guy in the States who grew up in a military family in Virginia, and he used to call everyone sir and mum. Mm. Didn't matter who they were, he just did. And he was also scrupulously polite generally. And it was, it was quite old-fashioned. His manners were very, very but that is, But that is the thing that, that I, I think you actually find more commonly in yeah. you know, American citizens than British citizens. Also, there's a funny thing. You know, it's like American English ruthlessly sort of tried to simplify complexities of British English. Yes. Spelling jail in a more straightforward way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. But they also cling to some really funny old-fashioned words like... Faucet. Faucet, apparel. Skillet. Skillet is a great one. Gotten, comptroller. It took me years to work out that a skillet was a frying pan. Yeah. Mm. Fiduciary. And ever since then, I haven't stopped thinking, just call it a frying pan. What what happened was that we exported the English language the United States in the 1600s and in some cases English developed in the UK in ways that it didn't yeah. in the States and they stayed with more arcane mm. versions gotten that's another fine mess you've gotten me into we used to say yeah. gotten here but we mm. shortened it to got mm. you know we used to say force it here and uh, now we say tap it's curious mm. isn't it but the hosts of IndyCar on NBC which is what Actually, you get they, or they, they wouldn't call it a sports jacket they'd call it a sport coat sport coat <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's just a funny yeah. thing to say Well, this alternative reality thing is they don't have straights, they have straightaways. Well, I'm trying to get there as quick as I can. Mm. And they don't have. It's pit lane, not pit road. Yeah, pit lane. Okay, lane road. Pit road. Pit road or pit lane? There's no the. Pit road in the States. We say the pit lane, they say pit lane or pit road. 
They don't use the, they lose the the. It's curious. Yeah, the hosts who are Paul Tracy on one end. Former driver. Yeah, Lee Diffie. Who oh, is... he's actually Australian. He's half Australian, half American. So if you listen very carefully, he does have You're talking about Lee Diffie? Yeah, Lee Diffie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's an Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paul Tracy, he's a Canadian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah not quite sure of his nationality. Yeah, he's, he's a Canadian. So they've only got one American. They've got American, an Australian, and a Canadian there. Mm. Curiously, Townsend Bell is representing the Americas. And I think they did the conveyancing on my house. <laughs> <laughs> he sits in the middle of the three presenters, but why don't they put Bell on the end? No. Yeah. The pre-race build-up is curious. They pray sometimes. What? They do. They the have, drivers or the commentators? They have a reverend who comes and everyone really? has to take their hats off and bow their heads and they pray that the Lord protects everyone and we celebrate the enjoyment of this race. Is That's that every race or is that like, just certain locations? I've seen it. Out of the three races I've watched so far, which were the Long Beach Grand Prix, the Circuit of Americas and Alabama, they did it two out of the three. Okay. Circuit of Americas, IndyCars on Circuit of Americas is the most dangerous form of motorsport I have ever seen. These cars were trimmed to go fast. They had almost no grip. It's a very crude car compared to the F1 car, the Indy car. You know, it's got mm. a very simple dual plane front wing and a single plane rear wing. They don't produce the kind of downforce. And you can see them struggling to keep the car on the circuit the whole time they go around the corner it's like driving an arrows from like 97 or something they're all over the place it's better to overtake isn't it there's a bit more action because of that yeah because there's less outwash from the aerodynamics they can race closer together but also the thing that they did at Cota was they allowed them to race with no track limits hmm really yeah, if you go off and you pass them on, no worries. You just come back on, that's okay. And it kept the racing going. There were no sort of penalties or anything. But that's not a standard regulation for... Not in IndyCar, IndyCar but they did it? it for Cota. And it was interesting to be able to make a comparison between F1 and IndyCar on the same circuit. It only happens occasionally. And they were something like 10 or 12 seconds slower than F1. Mm. But it was wild. It was absolutely wild. I can recommend it. I seriously recommend IndyCar. That's a good dose of methadone for you. It certainly was. <laughs> I don't really follow American open wheel racing. And I went to a couple of races when they were running the races over here for a couple of years. We went and, to Rockingham uh, together, didn't we? Um, and Brand Touch, I think. Oh, um, yes, the Champ Car race at Brand's Touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, I've forgotten that. Uh, but yeah, I might have a look at a couple of the races this year. It is worth it. And you've got the big one next, of course. It's the Indy 500 featuring mm. Ferdinand Alonso, which will Coming be... Coming out of Spainland. Spain. <laughs> <laughs> but I like oval racing because the sense of jeopardy when things go... Sorry about this extraneous noise. This is Finn trashing the whole He's scratching something, isn't it? What are you doing, Finn? Scratching himself. <coughs> Take that bell off, that Townsend bell. The sense of jeopardy on ovals is great. Things go wrong, you hit the wall, you get bits of car flying everywhere, and occasionally drivers die. That does happen in IndyCar. When was the last time I had a fatality? Though? IndyCar, it was Dan Weldon. Years ago. Uh, oh, God, yeah. 2011, was it, I think? Was it that long? Yeah. I think it was, yeah, because no, they named this I car the DW12 after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. No, Justin Wilson has died no. since then, 2015. Dario Francisci as well got proper back Yeah, he had to his, stop his racing immediately. Yeah. Mike Conway yeah. broke his back in IndyCar yeah. as well. It's a dangerous sport. Yeah. Do you remember, Zog, when we had dinner at Goodwood with Jody Schechter, we asked him about his son, Thomas, who was racing in IndyCar at the time. Oh, yes, yes. 
And Jody Schechter himself, a former racing driver, said, I don't know about, I don't want Tom racing in this, it's dangerous, it'll, it'll kill him. That's a racing driver saying mm. that. It's a worry, isn't it? But IndyCar, ever so entertaining. <laughs> they had the Long Beach Grand Prix, which I went to, not this time round, I went to in 96. Great day out, $70. That's what it is today for a general admission. Seventy. Yeah, it's huge value, isn't it? It's yeah, almost blue collar. Yeah, well, you know, the racing's certainly more accessible than F1 is in Europe. Yeah, no yeah. Question. It's not as highbrow, is it? You can pay for whatever you want. They have lawn. They have an artificial lawn mm. which they ship in, which you can sit on the lawn and watch the race. That's I kind bet of... It's, I bet it, they call it the lawn of champions or something. <laughs> I could imagine, though, paying $70 to go to that race. And you could buy some fried things with that really lurid orange cheese. Yes. A big squishy plastic oversized cup of <laughs> horribly <laughs> weak beer. I could be quite down with that. I bet it's a nice day out. It's a great day it's out. Like I think if some races have got that lawn in the middle, you can just go and... If I had a, access to a good barbecue, I think. Yeah, a lawn in the middle. They yeah. do that. Yeah, I really but... do want to go to one of those oval tracks and just go to the infield with all of the yeah. RVs. Because they've got barbecues going there. You yeah. can tell, yeah, can't I you? Think, There's a yeah. lot of barbecuing. To the extent you sometimes wonder I, I, if the smoke I, I, will start I, I, to obscure the race. Like, but like, the, yeah. thing, the thing I remember, one of the things I remember about Long Beach was the women flashing topless. There was like a Mexican wave of women flashing topless during the race. <laughs> Everyone cheers. That's you don't get that in Silverstone. Yes, you bloody can't. Ah, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling somebody today about something that I heard about happening in the 90s. It's too long a story to tell now. But it was actually, funny enough, also involved boobs. And as I was telling this story, I was thinking, I might as well be describing something that happened in the Middle Ages. It sounded so old-fashioned yeah, and so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the 90s, but they were a long time ago now. Movies were Leon. Yes. Coming back to this alternative reality, you know, in Formula One we have is it 804 different compounds of tyres, and there are three, and you have to run two of them. In IndyCar, there's two. There's a prime and an option, or as they say, sticker new tyres or scrubbed used. Don't say scrubbed. What do they say? They say scuffed. 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 Sticker tyres, meaning brand new, scuffed. And you've got to run both the, like, the prime and the option. That's it. Keep it simple. But there Is this like the way that my American wife calls grated cheese shredded cheese? Shredded cheese. Let's go, let's go, let's go get the cheese shredder out of the yeah. drawer. It's really it's weird. Crazy. I think we say shredded in Australia, you know. Do you? Yeah, I think so. But huh. why? But why? Because it comes from, it's an American thing in Australia. Disobedience, aren't they? They're just going, <laughs> we're not going to say your word, we're going to think of a different word. American English generally is... Micro-sliced, that's what we're going to call it. it Micro-sliced. Nano-sliced. Package. <laughs> Nano-sliced. <laughs> the other thing about IndyCar that makes it different to F1, there's a rule in F1 where if you're fielding a team of two cars... Both cars have to have the same paint scheme, pretty yes. much identical. You yes. can have, like, you can change the window <laughs> colours to identify which driver it is, but that's about all. In IndyCar, every car has a different sponsor and different mm. colour. In fact, I think the Andretti team run four cars, and you would have no idea that they're all the same team because they're all completely different sponsors. Mm. Mm. So it's a very colourful field, very, very, very colourful indeed. They have pushed a pass. I'm not sure how the rules work. You get four minutes of pass or something like that to increase the racing. And it's great. It's ruddy great. The truth is, it's easy. You know the way that shopping in America is easier? Do you want this? Do you want that? Pick and mix. It's like that. I think if Formula less of a One. Challenge, yeah, less, yeah. Uh... I think if Formula One is A level, then IndyCar is GCSE. That's what I reckon. Yeah, that seems a fair. Yeah. I didn't enjoy my GCSEs. <laughs> Quite enjoy my A-levels, weirdly, but yeah. But you can so concentrate more on the stuff you like. So what you're saying is F1 was better? 
And I'm just saying I enjoyed my A-levels more than GCSEs. <laughs> it was a real festival of motorsport this weekend because not only do we have the Chinese Grand Prix and the Long Beach Indy Grand Prix, but we also had the Rome E-Prix. Did we all watch that? Yes. yes. How's Formula E faring in your hearts? I'm still not really getting into it. I love the idea of it, and I've enjoyed watching some of the races. Honestly, I find the sound of the cars a bit too unexciting, and I sometimes find the narrow circuits look a little bit sort of pokey. Mm-hmm. That said, there is some tremendous racing. Didn't they have a big um, pile-up in one of the races? Well, they had all a of them. Yeah, big pile in, in this race, yeah. I mean, then, having said that the tracks look a bit narrow and pokey, they red-flagged the race because what was really quite a minor shunt mm. immediately turned into a thing involving three cars that had run into one another mm. and completely blocked the track at a chicane. And if the track was a little bit wider, I dare say that wouldn't have happened. But that criticism aside, it was... A proper exciting race at the front, which eventually gave Jaguar their first victory in Formula E. And Mitch Evans' his first podium. Yep. And much. Uh, Thank you, Richard. I was about to say that. Much Evans. Evans yeah. And, uh, and as, a, much as an I-Pace driver, that must make you really proud and happy. Yeah, I was trying to explain to my boy when we were watching the F1 on Sunday, because it's amazing how he recognises a Mercedes, mm. and he loves Lewis Hamilton, and he knows that Lewis Hamilton drives Mercedes, but the connection... That he's also made, not difficult, he is five, he has got a brain. He'll go, Lewis Hamilton drives a Mercedes, like Mummy, because our old family car uh-huh. was a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And, I went, and so I well said to him, and I went, well, you know that we don't have the Mercedes, because what's our new family car? He went, it's a Jaguar. And then, of course, he went, do Jaguar, where's their car? And uh-huh. I went, ah, well, now. <laughs> Actually. <clears throat> right. Pay attention, my boy. <laughs> Jaguar aren't in F1 anymore, but they used to be. Now, here's, and then, I told him all this, but I forgot to sort of finish the story, because then, belatedly, as at the point, I think he completely lost interest by this point, I went... Ah, now remember earlier on, I was telling you about, because I was talking to him like an Edwardian father. I think. Uh, remember earlier on, I was telling you about how Jaguar aren't in Formula 1 anymore, but in a way they still are, because that Red Bull there, and he wasn't... And he, his eyes had glazed over it, I, But also it's not relatable in an interesting way for a five-year-old. Red Bull don't make road cars. Now, mm-hmm. he knows who McLaren are, and he likes McLaren, mm-hmm. A, because he can always spot the orange car. Mm-hmm. But also because he's got a little yellow Hot Wheels model of a McLaren oh, P1, which is, was for a long time his favourite Hot Wheels car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a McLaren. And then he goes, oh, McLaren have got a racing car as well. And it doesn't really matter to him that they're bimbling around at the back, or well, they were when he was first mm. given this P1. He just likes the relationship with, oh, here's something mm. I own that I love, and um, it's relatable to something I can see as a racing car that looks cool on the TV. Yeah. So when you sort of go, oh, does racing ever sell any more cars? Well, maybe in a way it sort of does because it seeps into young minds. It and does. Plants mm. the yeah. seed of loyalty Long, and fascination. Exactly. It's a long time thing, isn't it? I haven't That's had a chance to show him the I-Pace racing yet, that support series that goes with oh. the Formula E, because I suddenly remembered this. I, I was like, you know Mummy's new car, our new car that you've been riding around in? You know, there's a racing car version. And he went... What? <laughs> really? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, I think we were yeah. in the car at the time, wasn't it? Because I went, well, I'll show you on my phone. I'll look, some, uh, and I haven't had a chance yet. But Where do they live? Yeah, he might yeah. get familiar with much ovens. Is it on YouTube? Is it on I Jaguar's know channel? I honestly don't know. No, they do. They've got the Formula E YouTube. They have highlights of the race. Oh, so. the iPace race. The iPace Challenge, it's called. Oh, the iPace Challenge. Yeah. I know, oh, I'm wondering where you can see that because I haven't seen it on TV yet. Actually, I it will be on YouTube, surely. I reckon Formula E has got an image problem and I know how to solve it. Really? Well, I what are you know. identifying as the image problem? This question. Well, I do but, know that Formula E has got the biggest sort of audience engagement increase 
over the last 12 months when mm-hmm. you compare it to any other motorsport in the world. So people are now taking notice of Formula E and people are obviously following the electric cars. I did see on social media, um, one of those blogs, they did all the stats and everything of the percentage rate that their social media went up. In. So does that mean there's... So there is an increase of people getting more and more interested in the electric cars. But what's their image problem? Because there are a number of X, you oh, might X, say, one. failed F1 drivers in it... It makes it look like a second-rate category. It's where you go to die because well, you're not good enough. Well, it's also a lot of where a lot of the drivers are driving that didn't make. About about insurance racing or but yeah. a lot of the drivers that didn't make, like John Eric Verne, he got dropped, so he's doing the electric cars as his second wind, I suppose. But, but endurance racing sort of exists in its own parallel reality. Oh, it's so a different. E, then, I'm not sure. Argue. I think Formula E is more to prove against Formula One in the future. And so, what I would do is ban. Any driver who's ever had an F1 race from taking part in Formula E to build its own, like GF2 or GP2, upcoming guys. Terrible idea. I was going to say, do you want to vociferously disagree with Gareth or shall I take this one? There we go. No, look, it's an awful idea. You are instantly going to rob a series that you want to build up and you want to develop. They need a huge pool drivers. of talent. Yeah, exactly. They need big name drivers. They you know, need to make their own big name drivers and like thereby build. How are they going to do that? Well, they've just had. You can't F2 do does that. You can't, they've just had seven races. F2 is a minor seven, interest. Seven different winners from seven different teams. Yeah, beautiful. So obviously, it's good racing and the setup of the whole dynamic of Formula E and the, the way they all crash and burn and the dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> not not burn, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. is gives all these different winners and so there's sort of this rotation I mean, I mean, you know, drivers you, so it's hard the, to get one prolific driver on the rise because they all are getting a piece of the pie if that makes sense yeah. yeah the closeness of it is one of its great strengths you do see some tremendous racing and you feel like the teams are able to compete on a pretty level playing field mm. which is what we generally want to see when we're sitting down to watch a good motor race it's not going to do any good for the sport in future if you can't access top level a talent, top level talent who you also need- bring a certain amount of prestige and credibility to it because you go well that guy used to be in formula one he's been to the tippity top and then he couldn't get a seat for this season but his next option is this equally valid formula it does bring to it some credibility. It doesn't actually undermine also, it to have X, what, XF1 people. It more reflects on them because people go, oh, he couldn't make it in F1. He's had to step down to a lower formula. But you could say that about almost anything, about anything else they will do in their, exactly, oh, my God, yeah. he's only on 10 If anymore. those drivers exactly. were championship winners in F1, I would agree with you. But it's got Massa, a driver you've never really liked. No, I know. Stoffel van Dorn, who never really managed to do terribly well in Formula 1, despite his great skills. Jev, who was bumped from the team he drove for, mm. they they are not la creme de la creme. They are the substandard creme de la creme. And well, there's an undercurrent of disappointment in Formula E. No, we know they're great they, drivers. Well, exactly. yeah, they just watching the motorsport fans. I mean, it's like if you're paying that much attention to know that somebody has not got the brakes in F1, you're probably the kind of person who watches Formula E. So you're the kind of person who go, oh, he was a good driver in F1. John Oakford, mm. he was all right, actually. Yeah. Good for him bringing his skills to Formula E. It just confers prestige upon it because they're good people. They're not just getting these randoms you never heard of. It was like, That's a, true. oh, he did two tin top races in Tasmania or something. It's like they're getting proper yeah, people. Yeah, you've got a field full of respectable racing names, whether it's you know recent F1 drivers like your Dominic Verne's, your Masses, or whether it's a Sam Bird, you know, younger talent. Mm. There's more than you one know, Sam Bird now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you've got to... Um, There's only one Sam Bird. <laughs> you've got a real 
a quality field there. Well, you see, mm. Sam Bird's a great example because Sam Bird was tremendous in all the Formula E. He never made it into Formula One and he's made a name for himself in Formula E. People know the name Sam Bird in Formula E and I think he represents and carries the strength of the Formula better than someone who's been rejected from Formula One. I think there's something in that. I can absolutely see. I mean, I think there's something in that. But in terms of moving the sport on, making it more popular, I wonder if I'm a little bit out of step with some of the things that they're trying to do with the sport in that you've got the fan boost and time attack Attack aspect mode. of the sport. Yeah. Attack mode. Attack mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, attack mode. Which are really quite video gamey they elements are. to mm. me. And yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm yeah. sure that's a conscious thing you know, yeah. to make the sport a bit more appealing to younger fans, to a young potential base. But I do find them too gimmicky. You know, it doesn't really work for me. I can see with attack mode there's something there where you've got a bit of a trade-off in having to go offline to pick up your power-up versus mm. the added power you're getting. So you can make a bad judgment inside of whether to use that trade-off or not. So yeah. there's a bit of strategy there to yeah. get right or yeah. wrong. So I'm yeah. not so entirely down on that. I like that, actually. I didn't think really I was going to, but I actually like it. I think they do use it strategically, and that's another level to the sport. But we've run out of time. We've got to wrap up this show now, because Sarah's got to go to a thing. Oh, right. We've got to yeah. say, yeah. so, Sarah, you say goodbye, then uh, you just leave. Oh, OK. All right, well, goodbye, folks. <laughs> 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 Richard, you could say goodbye. Bye. And Zog. Goodbye. And, yeah, I'll say goodbye as well. And we'll see you to the door, Sarah, because we're gentlemen. Ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs> And while we see Sarah to the door because she's got a dinner date, here's a song for you, uh, which probably needs no introduction, I hope. See ya. Who is that? Are looking like a frog. Jean-tot, 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 jean-tot. Don't you know he kisses Michelle Jean-tot, jean-tot, jean-tot. Who is that? Acting like a god! Jean-Tot! 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 Who moves like an arthropod? Jean-Tot! 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 He is more of sad and lonely He is even weirder than Max Mosley Jean-Tot! 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 Who is that? Who is tiny but his eyebrows? Who's the man with the funny little eyebrows? Who is that? Who won't say sorry? Who's the man who favors Ferrari? That would be Jean-Tot. He'll be standing under the podium Looking like a toad who's been crossed with Napoleon Jean-Tot Jean-Tot, 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 Jean-Tot Time for me to grow tall. Where are you going? All the way. 
To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!